0: To Becoming Divine, my name is Julia Wesley of Divine Realignment, and today I have guest Amanda Ray Hill with us. She is an intuitive healing arts practitioner and the founder of the Psychic Kids Network, and I am really excited to have this talk today. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So I am excited to talk about your work with Psychic Kids and why you think it's so important to focus on this new group of kids that are coming into the new paradigm they're holding it down for us. They sure are. It actually
1: started with several generations back. And I uh, did a little quick class on this not too long ago about all the different categories of the children as they come in. But it's something that's very close to my heart because I grew up as a psychic kid and I didn't have anybody in my life who understood or really accepted part of that. So it was a lot of, it's your imagination or... I grew up in a a religious household, so it was taboo to talk about. So I struggled with that and then having my own kids and then having them start to say things, that's when I really was like, you know what, it's time to find some answers. So I did, and I feel it's super important to support those kiddos and their parents. So I do both because I think that it starts with the parents too. They need to be okay and they need to be open and they need to be fearless and they need to, to support their kids in a way that really helps their kids feel confident in who they are and and their abilities and things
0: like that. And that's a good point, saying that it starts with the parents. So do you think it's necessary for the parents to have some sort of intuitive awareness themselves?
1: No, not really. It's just like when your kiddo has mad basketball (laughs) abilities, and the parent can't shoot one hoop, it it doesn't matter as long as they're showing up for practice or showing up to Mm -hmm. support their kid. I, I don't think they have to have that. It helps to have some sort of understanding even limited really actually bottom line just an open heart is really what it takes for the parent and let the child guide them Mm -hmm. I do find that working with parents who have the intuitive abilities sometimes especially if the kiddo is an extra sensitive or highly sensitive kiddo as well or an empath when the parents are intuitive sometimes it makes it more complicated for those kids because they actually pick up on their parents
0: being in their energy field I was going to ask because I I was never the kid that saw dead people at the foot of my bed, but I was always intuitive and aware and I knew more than I should. And still to this day, what I do freaks my mom out. She's worried about my safety. And so my dad is... I want to say more intuitive because my mom is intuitive as shit. She's always up in my business right? <laughs> and she just <laughs> wants to pretend that it's normal. It's just mom stuff, but she is still worried that I'm going to run into a demon or something. Absolutely. And she's like, what will you do? Won't this hurt you? Isn't this scary? How can you be safe? And it's really because she doesn't have any sort of understanding of what it's like. So that's right. where she's coming from. She's afraid for me. And I think it's because she doesn't really want to accept any of this for herself, because she has said, and she'll tell it to anyone. She's like, this scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like you tell me I'm intuitive, but I don't want to be. I think our moms could be friends. Cause that sounds exactly like my mom. When I
1: was younger, I used to actually accuse her of being a witch I, because <laughs> she would tell me something like clean up my room or practice piano or something. And I would just be so mad and I would roll my eyes or say something under my breath and turn around and bang every time knock my foot into the corner of the wall, stub my toe on something, <laughs> drop something, pinch my finger. And, and to the point where I would stop and I would start laughing and I'd be like, are you a witch? And she'd just laugh because she would hear the thump or the thud. And yeah. so it was a joke, but it was <laughs> it's really a joke and it is their conditioning and viewing things from their own lens like for example my mom has had lots of experiences that she told me that has helped me understand to a deeper level why she is so pumping the brakes on this stuff because her experiences were scary and so she perceives them as scary so she doesn't want anything like that to happen to me but it's just the level of
0: understanding and I think that's a really good point most of our exposure to uh, the woo is like ghost hunting tv shows and scary movies and everyone's willing to believe the really terrible stuff because it scares them the most and so when you first open up to this and even when you're a kid or you're opening back up to it as an adult I think a lot of the time that's our orientation because that's just what we're most familiar with. I think it takes a little bit of an awareness and a willingness to be open to it for you to start seeing other things and to say, oh, it's not just demons. My mom was really hung up on demons. And I'm like, mom, the streets are filled with Like every other imaginable thing besides demons, you could live your whole life and never come across a demon.
1: I'm a big, huge, firm believer in what you focus on is what you're going to match with. And to be honest, I don't focus a whole lot on protection. I do, but at the same time, when I go to connect, I'm looking way up and above and past that. And so I don't have time for it. And I feel like when you focus on protection and protection rituals, it gives you a reason to feel like you need the protection. Mm-hmm. But if you have pure intentions about what you're doing or what you're connecting with, I really don't, but that's just me.
0: <laughs> no, I agree completely. I think that when you keep trying to come up with ways to protect yourself, you're actually, like think it's the same energy, right? Your fear is going to attract other things that want your fear. <laughs> that Absolutely. Feed off it and are fearful themselves. So I I know one of the things that was freaking me out as I'm like, there are dead people everywhere. There are dead people in my living room. There are de- they're all over the place. I'm aware of them now. And so I had a dead person try and wake me up one morning and I was like, no, like he ran out of my room as I woke up. And it got to the point where I had to sleep with all the lights on. I had to move my bed so it wasn't in the middle of my room anymore because I was like surrounded on all sides and I'm trying to get ready in the morning and I'm like trying to blow dry my hair but also trying to pay attention to what's going on in the living room. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't live like this. And then my guys were like, you're not giving yourself enough credit. And then also, there are dead people everywhere. There are dead people. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a dead person. And they were like, instead of, yeah, no, instead of trying to protect yourself from all the dead people, why don't you just stop paying attention to all the dead people? And I was like, oh. (laughs) And then I was like, that's all it takes? And they're like, yeah, you could have a ghost highway running through your apartment, but if you don't want to pay attention to it, it doesn't matter and it's not going to bug you. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like it may every once in a while affect my surroundings, but all I have to do is reinstate my sovereignty and what I want to be paying attention to. And then that will all just stop being part of my reality. And I was like, okay. But trying to convince that, to my mom <laughs> is something completely different. And so I feel for these kiddos that are having a hard time roping their parents in. Do you find that is a bigger problem or when they come to you they're pretty much like what's going on? Help me someone.
1: Yes, actually, I really I adore each parent who adds up in my space whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channels, whether they're clients of mine and they are scheduling a session. I just have so much love and respect for them because they are the ones who are coming to me or there's something in them that recognizes the truth and what it is that their kid is saying or sharing with them. And they are willing to go there Mm -hmm. to help their kid. And that is the biggest love letter. Like it gets me all of my feels when they really are just like, I love my child. I believe in my child and I want know more so that i can help them or i want them to know more so they can teach me because to be honest our kids teach us so much children teach adults they can teach us so much every single day such little blessings but yeah i feel like with the parents if they come across that and if they do pause and stop and i feel like there's a reason for everything there's a reason why i showed up on their space or they are somehow connected to me and I really appreciate and commend every parent who takes that scary step whether they believe in the woo or not to do it for their kid it really will help with their confidence their self-esteem knowing that somebody has to listen and really even if a parent who is a complete non-believer in all of these things just sits and listens that is like the absolute number one thing that I teach in my classes that I work with my clients one-on-one is you don't have to do anything really except for just listen and don't always offer your opinion or your viewpoint on it unless your kid opens that door for you because you might not understand because you might not see things or experience things the way they do but it doesn't mean that they're wrong because each one of us has a different ability like you might be clairvoyant I might be clairvoyant, but the way we see and experience clairvoyance is completely different. So it doesn't make it wrong. So when parents get in there and they're like, nah, they're trying to do it. And it comes from a place of love, but we need less opinions and more just listening. And
0: that goes so far. Yeah, that goes beyond just... How to talk to your psychic kid and how to yeah. talk to your kid <laughs> in general. So we talked about religion being a hangup for parents, but are there different hangups for kids and in coming into their gifts or I guess not being afraid of them? Yes, actually it's
1: being the weird kid. Mm. It's human nature. Like we want to, we want people to like us. We want to be like others. Not necessarily to be like them, but to be involved and be accepted and be part of something. Mm-hmm. And so when a kiddo has these intuitive abilities and they let that shine or they let that leak out and they have a <gasps> response from somebody or a, that's weird. I don't see that. or You're weird. That's the type of thing that p- prevents children from really wanting to share. And they shut down so fast because mm-hmm. they just want to hang out with their friends or be with other people.
0: Yeah. You want to be normal. You Mm -hmm. want to be able to relate (laughs) to people. How can I relate to you if I'm seeing dead people and you're not? My world is fundamentally different than yours. And they don't have that filter of, which
1: I love. That's where I'm going back to that. I've worked so hard to go back to that, Mm -hmm. not filtering things that I've said, but when kids experience something, they'll be like mommy or daddy or to their friend, like, why is there a person standing in your living room? Or did you hear that voice? Or why does that person have aura? There's a color around them, but they know that they see it or they know that they're experiencing it. So then it makes them uncomfortable within themselves. And it, it creates this unbalance of, do I share that? And it actually can bleed out into other areas of their life, just sharing their favorite, I don't know, TV show because they're afraid somebody else won't agree with it or be like, oh, that show's stupid. So it really does affect them. And also, especially if they are a highly sensitive kid or they have empathic abilities or they are an empath, not only do they hear the words of, oh, you're weird. They feel the energy. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if they're not aware of that, it's doubly harsh. It's not just the words, but it's the feeling that they get. It's the energy that is delivered with the words. So it feels like it's like a one-two punch. And that really makes them want to draw in and not share.
0: I think that was probably the thing that tripped me up the most was realizing that my reality was different from other people's reality. So I'm like, I'm feeling the energy behind the words It's just what I, it's just natural. What do you mean you don't? And Mm -hmm. so it took me quite a bit. I think I was in like middle school or high school before I was like, I don't know if everyone does this. I don't know if everyone feels this way because I don't understand why we're being so mean to each other. It's like being punched twice instead of just once. It's like at a different level. It might hit you in the heart and then also in the solar plexus. And you're like, that's really weird. Do you ever run into a kid who's like, I think I may be psychic, but then again, I think I may be crazy because I'm not sure, is this something that's actually happening or is this, or I don't know, am I different? I've been trying so hard not to be different.
1: Yes, that happens a lot as well. And that's more in the, I would say preteen to teenage years Mm -hmm. is where they are starting to become aware of the thoughts and the actions and the reactions of their peers. And then almost like preparing, if I say this, then what's going to happen on the backside of that? And it just depends on each kid, but it can start usually between, I don't know, I want to say between 10 and 12. And that starts of like really becoming unsure of yourself and that can create depression and things like that as well, because they don't know if what they're experiencing is real or not. Nobody else seems to have a clue what they're talking about, or if they do, it, it could be met with that's not how mine is. So maybe their gift is wrong or broken <laughs> or whatever, but yeah, it, it does. And I want to say, and I don't like saying this, but I do feel like it, it is normal to question sometimes your sanity because in society it's quote unquote, and not normal. And then there's the mental health aspect of it as well. So it's always advised to check that out as well, because we are living in these human bodies that do need extra TLC sometimes and need help, need different support in different ways. So there's that too, but then there's just puberty.
0: So that's a whole nother category
1: in and itself because all kinds of things are awakening in your body.
0: (laughs) Being a teenager is so hard. You literally couldn't pay me. If an asteroid was headed toward the earth, then the only way it could be saved is if I went back to the eighth grade we'd all have to make our peace because I'm not doing it again. And so I feel for these kids. What is it that you normally work on to help kids like get over that hump? Is it mainly self-acceptance? Like you're not crazy, you're okay. Yeah,
1: it is a lot of that. And it is a lot of just, to be honest, especially in my groups. I like to meet with the parents first, just so I can make sure that they are willing to listen and that they have an open heart about it and that they aren't trying to control too much of what their child is doing. And that's a hard dance to do because, you know, obviously all parents want to protect their children. So we go with that to make sure that the parents are okay. It's best in a group setting to let some of the kids explain. Okay, so does anybody know what clairvoyance is? And then you talk about it. Okay, so I'm going to share with you a story of clairvoyance for me. And if you have something similar, I want you to share it if you feel comfortable or just tell your mom and then your mom can share it. And so when they share, then the other people will listen. And that's really an easier way to identify that like, so I really do feel, and again, they're in tune. They're intuitively- tapped in and connected so they're going to feel it in their body or they're going to know it or they're going to see that is exactly the same thing but it's different but it's the same Mm
0: -hmm. so it's
1: really in sharing your story and being vocal about it which is something that I had to struggle through to get to that point
0: but it's really sharing the stories that'll help. Do you ever run into kids who have had a really terrifying experience and now they're just sort of like I don't know how to not have that experience again? I have had There's been a couple, but it really was just about teaching them to step into their own
1: power and sharing with them that they are in control and they are sovereign of their spaces. And just to know you have that authority to say goodbye, scram out. Like This isn't something that is good for me or to really stopping it. But what sometimes can drag that process on is the belief attached to I'm not big enough to control this. And so it's really juicing up their ego, like I'm going to do this, yeah. getting them empowered and rallying them up. If you got to play... The playlist that football players play before they go out on the field to pump yeah. them up and like to get them like to do it. But there's different things. And it just depends on the age group too. For the little kiddos you can make, because I do work with essential oils and stuff like that and herbs and herbal medicine, but you can make sprays. You can make magical wands. You can do all those things, which will help when they're younger. Yeah. But I always put like this little disclaimer with it. like Those things are awesome. But what happens when you run out of the spray? Yeah. What happens when you can't find that magic wand? What happens when you don't have those tools? And so it really is the best thing to do is really start empowering them using just themselves, just their own intuitive abilities and their own divine connection, knowing that they can take
0: care of anything and preparing them with the knowledge. Exactly. That's such a great point. And I think that even adults who are spiritual practitioners don't understand this, that it's not the tool itself. You're giving it that authority and you're giving it that power. So you're channeling that through the tool. And really it was always just you Mm
1: -hmm. because if you set the tool down, it doesn't do anything because I'm going to take care of it on its own. But but for the little kids, sometimes it does take that. They need that and it's okay. As long as they are explained, you can do this, but it's the words you speak as you hit the spray or it's the words
0: you speak as you do the wand. Yeah. So. When we're talking about like psychic kids and like these new earth children, these titles that we give them, like the crystal children, indigo child, the Blu-ray or the rainbow child, like that's a weighty title. And sometimes that seems like a lot to put on a kid's shoulders, especially when we as the adults have like fawned over these kids before they even managed to get here. And they're still kids, but they just view the world a little bit differently. Have you ever run into a kid where it's, no, thank you. I, I would rather not be a crystal child because that sounds like a lot of work maybe just one. (laughs) No, actually when I'm working with the kids, I don't use those labels.
1: Those labels (laughs) are just for me, they are categories. They are like specific souls on a mission. So Mm -hmm. really it's the mission that is with the label. It's not the individual. And again, it's the free will to choose. You can choose to follow the path of the crystal child. You don't have to do it, but also you can do them your own way. Because we are all creators. So I don't use those labels when it comes to the kids, but it is neat when you look at those soul groups and see, and then you think about the timeline of how things have worked and broken down and how things have turned out. And the new group that starts to come in and the changes that they make, it does make a whole lot of sense. But I'm definitely not one who's like, you little blonde haired girl, you're a rainbow. You, you, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like for me, example, I'm an indigo. And I bucked the system, I had ADHD, I have food sensitivity, I do all these things, I don't like to be told what to do, but then I need to be told what to do. So I stay on track, but then don't tell me what to do, because that pisses me (laughs) off. Like, I get it. So yeah, yeah, I definitely fall under that category, but it doesn't, I don't live my life as 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 special. Yeah.
0: indigo. For some reason, I'm thinking of one of those like parenting shows where it's like super nanny or something, but it was like the super like quick clip where somebody's child was losing it. Didn't have the support they needed. They're acting out temper tantrums, throwing food around. And she's like, he's very sensitive because he's an indigo child. Oh, that yeah. was the reasoning behind why there, there couldn't be any structure in the household, why the child was screaming all the time. And I was like, See, this is the kind of, that's like almost virtual bypassing is that's what is. Did you see my eyebrow go up? Like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I,
1: I couldn't even control it. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that shit irritates me because it goes in along the lines of when I'm meeting with parents or I'm, I'm talking to them and they're like, well, I can't control them. We can't make them stay in bed. Here's the thing your kid is still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Being psychic or being intuitive or being a medium or being sensitive to energy or whatever they have going on doesn't trump the fact that they're a kid and they need to be taught. And the authority needs to be, listen, bedtime is bedtime. You need to routine kids. For somebody who didn't like to be told what to do, I am better on a routine kids are better. we they feel more secure on routines. Mm-hmm. And so when parents come to me and I have had this, and I do struggle with this because I need to lovingly tell them, you need to put your parent pants on. And you, need to, <laughs> you need to get your kid on a schedule. You yeah. are the boss. You cannot use it as an excuse to not parent. It's just a small portion of your kid. It's just, it's no different than stay away from the road because you could get hit by a car. Yeah. You can't just be like, well, I told them and they're out in the street, but I told them to sit. No, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Sorry. This is true. No, because this
0: changes. is important. This is spiritual bypassing yeah. what these parents are doing. And then that's also a certain amount of responsibility and weightiness that you're putting on your kid's shoulders. And you're an indigo. Like you can say, yeah, I may not have wanted structure, but I needed structure. I am a rainbow, and absolutely, I loved when my parents enforced structure as a kid. Bedtime's eight thirty; that's just how it is, kid. (laughs) Like you can cry in your room, but you're staying there, and that—that's what you need as a kid because it it makes you feel safe. You can say, "Okay, I have these uh, little foundational things in my day. I eat here, I shower here, I brush my teeth here, and I go to bed here." And in the middle, in between that. We can play, but I need to know that these are my touchstones because yep. without that you're super ungrounded, especially yes. as a kid. Yes.
1: And there's the discipline that goes in there as well. Mm-hmm. If You're not going to stay in bed, then you're going to lose X amount of time on your electronic device. And this brings me to talk about electronic devices and kids. So it's the energy when they are sensitive to that, it comes through the computer, it comes through their tablets, it comes through their phones, the the energy of that comes through and in the gaming world, one of my sons has that addictive personality to work, he would lose his shit when I would be like, it's time to sign off, like to the point where we actually put him through a detox (laughs) for He had (laughs) two weeks of none, and he was the sweetest boy by three days in. Mm -hmm. But the three days it took us to get there, Lord, it almost killed us. Like (laughs) it was awful, but he had to work and kick and scream and he was mad and and hateful and didn't want to eat. Fine, whatever. But I had to stick to my guns because I had to see him through this. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing with electronic devices and things like that, like limiting their time, not to be like a crunchy mom, but to actually say, this is not good for you because of the energy that's coming through and really taking control of that. And especially the intuitive parents, they will know what I'm talking about. And that goes along too for cleaning your rooms and cleaning their spaces and making sure that your energetic hygiene is on point by keeping your spaces clean. And that includes electronic devices and things like that.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to do that if there isn't like some form of structure their life if they don't need to keep their rooms clean or if you're having a hard time like getting them in bed like that's going to just compound on the problem and if you're having electronic issues in your home it's probably because none of you are grounded and that was one of the things that my dad always enforced on me your room clean it clean your room and i hated doing that but he was right because it was an expression of what my energy was which was a mess and i wasn't (laughs) taking care of it and he's like clean this Clean, clean your life up, kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. So do you want to just do a quick overview of what the archetypes of the new age children are? Sure.
1: So the Blue Rays are the oldest group. They started coming in the 60s back then. And there's always the scouts who came in a little beforehand, but they are the ones who really started to be more in tune and in touch with love really start to speak about love, speak about emotion, speak about art and creativity. They are the ones music, oh, I just got the chills. They are the ones like when all the good music started coming out, the rock and roll and things like that. And people were like bucking that. No, that's awful. And they were like, we just love everybody and we need more love and we need to be more love. And <laughs> then the Indigos started coming in. And they are more of your, your sensitive kids. And they're like, I see these different things and I'm experiencing these things and my body is sensitive and I have a lot of food intolerances and allergies. Those things started to be introduced and that's the kids who started bringing that in. So they started having children who also had spiritual abilities and not everybody born in that time was that in that class, but as they had children, then Those children have different gifts and unique gifts. The indigos are also very much into healing ancestral patterns, recognizing things that really are not done with purpose or like just we've done that because we've always done that. Well, but that doesn't always work anymore. So let's revamp some things. And the indigos tried to start doing that. Then next is the crystal children and they are... I want to say souped up indigos, but they, (laughs) they are the ones who are starting to come through and they are starting to be living as that new fresh wave of not so much of the ancestral trauma. They have more of a clean slate, but they are super sensitive to their environment and to energy. And they have more like psychic abilities and and, an ability to see different things. They're seeing more auras. They just can see the energy and some of their abilities don't get muddy as they get older, they keep them. They don't have the shame that the indigos had Mm -hmm. because the indigos have worked through and processed that out. And as each individual group comes through, it's almost like a filter for society. And so it's purifying. And when each group comes through, they're filtering out all that energy. And so as you continue and you go into those rainbow kids, they've got it. their magic. They have all these abilities. They see things like lasers. They can go right through all the crap and they see it. They call it out. They want to change. They're here for it. They have nothing to lose because they are distant enough from the ancestral patterns and things like that. And they're here to take us to the next <laughs> level. There's not a whole lot of rainbows That I have worked with, if you're going to classify them, because they're still coming. I can't wait to see what things are like in a few years when they really start sharing all the things that they have to share with us.
0: I said that I was a rainbow child beforehand. It's because I was a scout. When I asked my guys, they were like, you're like Sputnik you were one of the first ones that went out because there's a certain amount of testing the waters. So the Blu-rays, there were some hanging out in the forties and that's the same for every generation that comes after that. And it's just to test the waters. Is this good? Can I express this archetype? Is there room for it? And uh, as a rainbow, yeah, you pretty much nailed that. And one of the things that I (laughs) personally work on is karma because we don't get to take that with us into the new paradigm. Like you're going to have to let that go. So you're going to have to stop pretending like you're all of these past lives and you're all of these people because that's not true. It's not you. And so when we're going forward into this new life, you're going to have to fit, well, what's going to fit in this carry-on? Because you're not going to be able to take much. and oh, so, I love that. Yeah. I love that analogy. <laughs> yeah, yes. Karma is one of those things that doesn't fit the weight requirements. Be so heavy, you're going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to let that go. And you're absolutely right. And I'm really excited to see what happens when the little babies start growing up because that's going to be really fun. Yeah. So like me personally, because if you read about rainbow children online, there are these cosmic avatars and they're perfect in every way. They're like newborn Mary Poppins. And you're like, I don't know. I'm a little shitty sometimes. I don't know how true that is. (laughs) Like, I don't know about this. And just to understand that there's a lot on the internet out there that just because it's channeled information doesn't necessarily mean that it's completely filtered in truth, I guess I want to say. So just read what's out there and say what actually feels good and grounded in a human experience, because it really turned me off because I had read all that shit on the internet. And I was like, do not come here and tell me that I am a unicorn of a human being because (laughs) I know me, I know you're wrong. (laughs) And then, so they're like, will you let us explain? And I was like, okay. And it, it really is more grounded than that because you really are focused on creating a new blueprint for everyone to walk on. And so it's yeah. work. We're not just here being like sprinkling right. fairy dust everywhere. And it's,
1: it's just a, it's just a small portion of yeah. who you are. Cause you're, you're your soul and you're the human experience. And then you're Julia. And I know, you know, this, but for people who are listening in, like it's yeah. Read through those. If you're interested in it, if you're not, you don't read through it and then don't pick it up and wear it as your own. If it doesn't feel good. And the scouts, they will have You can have characteristics of each be a a crystal child with some indigo because you came in so early. It's not a one size fits all, but yes, it's the filter in which you see things. But yeah, Yeah. when it comes to categories and groups and for somebody who's had ADHD as a label on my back, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't like labels. Like I'm doing a lot of work to just accept that. But when I got diagnosed again, being an indigo, when I got diagnosed they didn't explain everything to me. They just said, well, here's a pill and you'll be better. And I was, Mm -hmm. but I'm now learning about how it is that my brain works and the different things like that. And I feel like there's a lot of people who have spiritual abilities that have that label, but our brains work different because I can be talking to you and I can be talking to this dead person over here and I can be talking to the spirit guide and I can have this archangel behind me. But if I was solely right here in this, without being able to bounce around and use my brain in that like dynamic way, you don't have to have ADD or ADHD to do this work. But for me, it helps. (laughs) You have to learn about it and then adapt it to your own experience
0: in your own life in order to really understand the quote-unquote label. The label may scare the kids, but I also feel as if the label may be something that parents use, just how parents sometimes brag about their kids' test scores. And I almost feel like the label may be just like a different way of doing that. So I really like how you emphasize not focusing on the label because it's not about the label, right? Because it's, as you said before, it's about what job, what's your mission. That's really what it is, right? It's not your characteristics because that's typically what you'll find online, right? Oh, this is just how you identify one. Not necessarily what are they doing? And here's another thing that my guides taught me because I was very resistant to the idea of being a rainbow child because of the weightiness that was on it. And I'm like, I have no interest in being like a martyr or an avatar for anyone. And they're like, it's just the dropping of karma and anyone can do that. So anyone has the capabilities to grow And expand in a way that you then fit the archetype of someone who is a Blu-ray or an indigo or a rainbow. So that just demystifies it a little bit, makes it just a little less special. So it's more acceptable. It like brings that grounding cord through so that it's digestible
1: in our human brains.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And achievable. Because if you're someone who's, I don't identify as any of this, does that mean that I am not spiritual or Mm -hmm. whatever? And it
1: could just be the time in, in the chapter that you're in too. Like you got to grow into these things, growing and going through stuff is growing through it at the way I look at it. I would have said probably no to all of them in front of somebody, but I probably would have said, yeah, I could probably identify with a couple of the categories.
0: Is there anything else that psychic kids would need to know? That they were created absolutely perfectly Mm. by the creator who created
1: all things. It's just, you are that way on purpose. And it's for a purpose and you don't have to know the purpose to connect to your own heart and to connect to your passion and be who you are. You don't have to know all the things you don't have to understand it all. You just have to love yourself and have compassion for yourself and get outside and play. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs)
0: Play because play
1: is work for
0: kids. Yeah. Even now, still my guys are like, you need to go do something dumb. Do you want to tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and work with you? Sure. So I have a website, which is amandarayhill.com. All of my links are
1: on my website, but I also am on Facebook as Amanda Ray Hill and also Psychic Kids Network. I keep them separate so I can work with adults on one place and then kids and parents so that, you know, they don't mix. And I'm on Instagram. I have a TikTok. It's an itty bitty baby TikTok, but it's a Psychic Kids one. And I do have YouTube, but it's also baby. The uh, YouTube is Psychic Kids Network with Amanda Ray. Mm-hmm. And then I, the other one is Amanda Ray Hill.
0: Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. You. I had so fun, so much fun talking about
1: this. Thanks for having me. I, I love hearing all the stuff that you talk about all the time. It's always good <laughs> stuff. It gets me thinking and it's, it's cool. Yeah. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank
0: you. And we'll see you next time, everyone. Bye.